So this is a subject I've been consistently debating with myself about whether or not to talk about this. It has to do with aesthetic beauty. Aesthetic. Especially when it comes to the literal sort of concrete more like the scientific consensus of what beauty actually means to people or what it looks like. The reason why I'm nervous about mentioning this at all is because what I think is our society, particularly I, I think neo-American sort of Western society, has turned into this culture of whining, lazy, ugly people who don't care about perfection in any aspect of life, whether it be, it could be anything. It could be washing clothes, something as mundane as that, or polishing silver, or having a sense of style, aesthetic style, or speaking well, or excelling in some hobby or pastime, or, or even being healthy enough to have an amazing body or face. If they try, you know, like, you know, just keeping yourself fit or at least, you know, clearing all the, the zits off your face, anything like that. Just making your, trying to make an effort. But I want to mention though, uh, from here onward, when I use the word ugly, <clears throat> I'm referring to those physically out of shape or just generally uncaring about their physical appearance. Not necessarily those who may or may not have a facial structure that appears off to some people, because everybody's view of the, view of the face, view of beauty, really, is different when it comes to the face. So don't think I'm talking about that. But I want to begin by saying that there's an ancient aspect of Japanese culture that associates these people to such a level of discipline that we don't understand. And it's because they're taught from an early age to be polite and to pursue all things that they set their mind to with utmost precision. That could be as complex as creating an amazing piece of art like me. Or it could be as simple as pouring a cup of tea. It doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's done with a, with a desire to get it done, not only correctly, but to the best of their ability, the best of their ability. And if they know they can improve, they don't just set it aside. They actually try to improve. What I'm trying to point to, ultimately, is this intolerance of those who dare say things like, oh, that's not good enough or I like, or, or I dislike that politically correct idea. Or this person is ugly looking in that outfit. Or, or that state of poor diet or health or anything. It, it, I, I, I've seen countless articles that everywhere about these terrible and unrealistic examples that photoshopped celebrities are supposedly... These are, they're infecting the minds of the average boy or girl or man or woman among us. But I say this, there is nothing more ugly or sinister than someone who doesn't aspire 
to something better than who they are. The difficulty that those who hate the media, quote-unquote, in the sense of fake aesthetics, they would call it, the, the difficulty that they have is how to get the idea of aesthetic improvement across without making themselves appear insensitive to those who do the best they can, yet will never hope to achieve certain levels. And in this regard, I find that most mainstream articles out there against unrealistic aspirations, they would say, what they do is they just ignore the, the issue of perfection altogether while solely focusing on how, well, Photoshop and movies and television and magazines and all those people are the bad guy. There's no solution given. Just let you be you, they say. I think that is a ridiculously absurd statement. I think this is a better statement. Always aspire to reach the best you can be. And after that, reach a little more. Now, a lot of people have marveled at my expertise that I have in my charcoal artwork and are even more astonished when I say, oh, well, it's just a hobby, right? And then the typical response that I've heard almost every time would be around the front lines of something like, well, uh, the best I can do are stick figures. But why? Why did you never want to excel in drawing if you found it so amazing and wished that you could do it yourself? I think it would be most likely just laziness. Many would argue it's actually, I think, because they, they would say they have no time. But I would argue back that they always have time to learn something new. Concerning my drawing ability, people have sometimes said that I have a gift. That's ridiculous. The best I could do when I was 16 years old was, six, was stick figures, just like they say. 16 years old, couldn't even draw a tree very well, if you ask me to. But then it finally occurred to me that I wanted to learn. So I did. And over time, I achieved the level that I have. But I don't want to stop where I've gotten. I want to achieve indistinguishability from a photograph when it comes to my drawings. Right now, they're, they're very close, but not completely. But I want to make them absolutely indistinguishable. And then after that, maybe I'll try oil painting or something. I don't know. I'm a professional Photoshop artist. I do all kinds of things. But when I say that I'm a Photoshop artist, what I mean is I'm one of the guys that has actually, in the past, for some people, I've actually done some of the beauty treatments to people digitally. And then people might say that, they'll say something like, well, uh, well then, then this guy's obviously, he's totally biased. Well, you're right, I am, I'm very biased. So much so, in fact, that sometimes I fail my own expectations of myself. But here's the thing. I don't feel guilty about it when I do. I aspire to improve next time, to do better, to be a better man. So as an artist, I always have to look for any possible problems that make a product look off or insufficient. So if all possible attempts to improve it are exhausted, I must find a way to still make it work somehow. Because that's a pivotal aspect of what aesthetic art is. It's achieving what looks the best with the materials I am provided. So 
if I were provided, uh, if I were provided um, oatmeal and a couple of eggs and some toast, and I need to prepare a magnificent-looking breakfast for a duchess or something, by God, I'll make those eggs and toast the world's best damn eggs and toast the world has ever seen. <laughs> because that's what looks good, right? And that's what I'm trying to do to the best of my ability. But notice when I say something that I'll, I'll make a, a magnificent looking breakfast, notice I'm using the word looking or how good it looks or other related things. Presentation is what gets people listening like they never would. If something is presented poorly, even if the material is excellent, it will never give as lasting a perception in the receiver's mind as great as a great presentation would. And um, <clears throat> there's an analogy I've brought up. I, I think I've brought up like a hundred times when I discuss this type of thing, is the importance of a well-done presentation. So this was actually originally given by Bill Cosby on The Cosby Show. Um, think what you may about him. This is a good point that he made one time in one of his shows. He says, he basically made his point by asking uh, one of the characters, he says, um, what is their favorite main course for dinner? Steak. Okay, you got your steak, right? And, you, and let's put some mashed potatoes with it. And it's swimming in Bernays sauce. And it's got a, it's got a side of fresh asparagus. And put some 12-year-old some red wine with it. And then you got, oh gosh, we've got dessert. We've got a hot fudge sundae waiting with strawberries. Let's put those on there too. We've got this excellent meal. Oh my God, I want to eat it right now. But I'm going to take all that and I'm going to present it to you on a trash can lid. How appetizing is it now? Presentation. It's so important. If it doesn't look good, it won't stick. We are a people of logic. We try to find patterns. We try to find reasoning to all areas of life. And we try to understand it so that we can relate to it or feel with it. Like watching a movie or reading a book. So like if we, if we saw an empty room with a ball in the center... We're going to try to rationalize why the ball is there or why the rest of the room is empty or why were we brought to the room in the first place or the, the questions can go in our minds for, for hours or we could just give up in the first minute of observation and say, I don't care. Why am I here? I'm going to leave now. But the point is that we need to be given some presentation and whether or not we're swayed by that presentation determines how we'll react to it or the, the actions that we'll take afterward. If the idea is, is that aesthetics is grounded within achieving perfection and well-done presentation, we find that we're no longer bound to the slavery of feeling sorry for ourselves. So someone could say, Oh, I could never achieve the level of beauty of that girl who looks so skinny on the magazine cover, so therefore I'm either angry at that girl for being so skinny, or I'm angry at the digital artist who may or may not have touched her up a bit or a lot or whatever. But why the anger? 
Well, because it gives us a false message to others. Well, maybe it's because the observer has deep insecurities about themselves and how they look. But even then, even if the reason for the anger were the self-righteous reasoning of uh, faux beauty is no beauty, why should that be anyone's concern, let alone the observers, this angry observers? But people try to look at the picture and they'd get this false representation. Of, okay, okay, let's stop there. Why, what does the real problem become now? It's not the digital artists. It's not the models. It's not even the people responsible for the magazine. The, the true fault lies with the heightened insecurity of our society, coupled with this apathetic tendency to do nothing about it when it comes to perfecting themselves. So they get mad at others because, well, it can't be my fault. And then, and then we'll, it, it, let's continue. What about all the anorexics and the, and the bulimics who take measures the wrong way? Well, this problem has existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years, well before Vogue or H&M. Now, it's true, it's, it's become more common in the 20th century and onward, but still much rarer than many media outlets would have you believe. It's like the reasoning for, um, and I don't want to get too controversial, but this particular reasoning for abortion is kind of out of date. The, it's the reasoning for abortion being done to protect the life of the mother. But th that's a completely idiotic case to make because cases like that in reality are extraordinarily rare these days, especially in our technologically, medically advanced status that we have now well into the new millennium. Okay, like that's rare, very rare. So don't tell me that's the reason. If you're going to argue for abortion, don't use that argument because it's not really viable. Okay. Not saying I'm for or against abortion, I'm just saying that's a, that's a bad argument to make. So it's not about keeping, this, this, this beauty concept is not about keeping the eating disorder people from their psychologically damaging habits. It's, it's about changing the societal thought process of I can't, or I don't want to, or I don't care, to I can, I will. I must be more disciplined. So I'm not going to stop altering what I do as an artist to fuel the expectations of insecure, ugly people. And if they aren't attractive, well, then just insecure. Or maybe, maybe even just easily offended by things. I'm always going to be endearing and sensitively compassionate to everybody that I know and, and meet. But I'm not going to be a liar and a con artist who pampers and flatters people. Because that, that's, that's why when I'm on Facebook and I see a profile picture that I comment on concerning um, some sort of affirmation about their good looks or something, you better believe that that's saying a lot because I actually literally believe what I'm saying. In other words, I'm being honest with you when I say that this looks great. Otherwise, I just won't say anything. So, this is what I have to offer. Those who opt to hate what they don't care to achieve should rather focus, you know what I think they should focus on? Let's try love. Let's try marveling at what looks aesthetically beautiful, as opposed to disliking it because they 
have some notion of what they suppose to be a hidden agenda or it must be some kind of underlying cryptic message about product placement or sellable merchandise or something. Just, good Lord, just enjoy beauty. Enjoy it. Discard hatred, replace it with sound, objective discussion. And love people while still discerning all of the different incompatible bad things. This is my question for the end. Why hate when you can love? And why be lazy when you can achieve? My question for you to go out is what can you do with your life right now that can further give you a sense of beauty to yourself? What could you do? And then to follow up that question, would you be willing to do it?